This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Huge day for one of the quarterback prospects today, Anthony Richardson with his pro day down in Gainesville, Florida. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, presented by Progressive Insurance. Canty has been flying high. He's got all kinds of hope about the Lakers. We'll get to that in just a bit, but right now, we head down. We welcome in Todd McShay, ESPN NFL Draft Analyst, to discuss Anthony Richardson's Pro Day and how things are shaking out as we are about less than a month right now uh, until the start of the NBA draft on April 27th on ESPN and, of course, on ESPN Radio as well. Todd, it's Canty and Carlin. Appreciate a few minutes. Let's just start here with Anthony Richardson. Is there anything to learn out of his pro day today that we wouldn't know already? That's a good question. I mean, we know how he can sling the ball. I I just enjoyed, you know, having seen the the other three quarterbacks that we're talking about in the first round and three-day span last week, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and C.J. Stroud, then Bryce Young in Alabama, and then Will Levis at, at, uh, at Kentucky. To me, it, Anthony's just different, you know. <laughs> you get – and I've, I've watched him live. I've watched him live against Kentucky. I've studied all of his tape. But when you, you see him in a session like this, you, you truly realize, like, all right, so he's got the upper body flexibility – of, of Bryce Young, like that kind of ability to just kind of flick his hand and, and utilize his upper body and twist and turn and throw on the run. But he's 6'4", 244 pounds, and he ran, ran a 4-4-3 in the 40-yard dash. So, listen, he's not nearly as experienced, just 13 starts when you compare him to the other three three quarterbacks or four quarterbacks if you include Hendon Hooker. You know, Stroud and Young both had at least 25 starts um, in their, their careers. And then Hendon Hooker's had five years at two different programs, Virginia Tech and Tennessee. Um, and, and also with Will, Will Levis, four years in two different programs, Penn State and Kentucky, and, and both Hooker and Levis, last two years starters in the SEC for, for two seasons. So when I watch Anthony today, you, you see how physically gifted he is. And also just like, you know, rolling out to his left, throwing off balance, flicking his wrist and, and driving at 60 yards. That's not normal. There's not many guys in the league that can do some of the things that he's able to do. So there are all these comparisons about, about Will Levis and Josh Allen. I think the more apt comparison with Josh Allen is, is Anthony Richardson, just from a mm-hmm. physical tool standpoint, and a guy who you know didn't have the completion percentage and was a little bit up and down in terms of his, his performances. But physically, just, just looking at those two, they're, they're very comparable to me. Okay, Kyle, so let's cut to it. Because yep. we got your mock draft, your latest mock draft coming out in a few sleeps. All right. And what everybody wants to know is did you see enough today from Anthony Richardson that it would change how you think these quarterbacks are going to come off the board in your updated mock? Well, I mean, I'll, I'll shoot straight right back at you. I come to, you know, I've been traveling now, what, seven days for four different pro days. And, you know, it's a big big chunk of time and obviously a lot of travel, but I don't think the pro day workouts, they're the tiniest sliver in the, in the big pie chart, if you will, of the scouting evaluation for a quarterback. I think it's more important how Anthony Richardson performed at dinner last night with the Raiders and the Panthers and you know some of his meetings and it was what he did on the field. So I'm not going to go from there, but I, I, it is good to see them all throw live in a, in a very close you know, span of time to just understand what the true skill set is. Mm-hmm. And when I look at, you know, Hendon Hooker, I look at Will Levis, 
because let's face it, it's either going Stroud Young or Young Stroud with the first and second pick in this year's draft <laughs> to the Panthers and, and the Texans. But after that, it's a competition between the, these three guys to see where they're slotted. Mm-hmm. And, and just physically, obviously, that's the only thing that you can, you can take out of these pro days, how they throw the ball, how they throw in the move, how, do they change arm angles, do they have touch, do they have the right trajectory on the certain throws they're making. I just, you know, we're not going to see Hendon Hooker because he's coming off the knee injury, but comparing him to Levis, like, I'll, I'll ride with this guy. I just think, plus, here's the thing that I think people are forgetting, and I had to go look it up to double-check this morning. Hendon Hooker is going to turn 26 at the end of his rookie season. Mm-hmm. Will Levis is turning 24 before his rookie season. Anthony Richardson's turning 21 before his rookie season. So even if you sit uh, Anthony Richardson, right, for two years, two full years, and let him and let him, you know, understand defenses, defensive structures. Do I need a five or six man pass protection? What are they showing uh, pre snap? What are the tendencies? And what, uh, you know, what are, what t- um, triggers me in, in terms of understanding? Okay, they've changed the pre snap to what they're showing post snap. Like those are the things that are creating the accuracy problem. It's not his footwork necessarily. It's not that he's a natural, not a natural thrower, or that he doesn't understand taking miles per hour off his fastball. He doesn't understand, you know, the, the type of trajectory he needs to get on throws. He's got all that naturally. It's when he is unconfident and lacks confidence in where the pressure is coming from. Did he get the protection right? What the coverage looks are? Where do I go with the ball? That's when you see him get squirmy in the pocket, and his footwork isn't isn't what it should be. So. I would bet on my coaching staff in a two-year span to get him ready to go out in, in year three as a starter, utilize his mobility in the meantime and some short yardage and, and third down uh, uh, and goal line packages. But in year three, he's still younger, still younger than Will Levis was and, and Hendon Hooker was when they were coming out as rookies. Talking with ESPN NFL Draft Analyst Todd McShay on Kenny and Carlin. And Todd, you brought up something that I want to dive into a little bit deeper when it comes to Richardson. You talked about at the pro days being able to evaluate the different arm angles that quarterbacks can throw the football, but also can they drive the ball and can they throw with touch? When you turn on Anthony Richardson's tape, everything is a fastball. Everything is, yes. is him throwing it 100 miles an hour. You haven't necessarily seen that refinement when it comes to throwing a football with touch. Did you see that today? And what's your confidence level that he'll be able to do that once he takes the leap to the NFL level? Yeah, it's a good point. And, and you know, on some deep balls, you saw the right trajectory. There's some throws I could pull up. But, but I agree with you in the kind of short intermediate. It, it's too much. I'm trying to strike you out with my 103-mile-an-hour fastball. But you saw today versus Will Levis, everything still in his pro day was, was a line drive. You know, it was a, everything was a laser shot. And so I just it, – it showed to me that he's capable of it, right? Mm. So now we've got to coach him so that when he's dropping back in the pocket, he's not thinking too much and overthinking it, and he's not getting flustered. He's not panicking in the pocket. He's confident in what he's looking at. He's confident with that, you know – the Polaroid, if you will, that he's taking pre-snap and then what he's seeing, comparing that to what he's seeing post-snap. And if you get him to that point, he can throw with ease like he did today, like he did at the combine, like you hear stories from at practice. You know, I, I think you got a chance to have a special, special player. And I'd rather, like, if you're going to take a hack in the top five, top seven picks, top, top 11 maybe all the way down to Tennessee, um, I'd rather take a hack on the guy that, that you're getting young, 
you know that you've got a year or two to develop him and you still have him young. And and has if his upside hits, you're getting one of the elite special players in the league. Then it just, you know, one of these other guys, who, and I like Will Levis, don't get me wrong, and I like Hendon Hooker a lot, don't get me wrong on him either. But they don't have the potential to be what Anthony Richardson can be if he lands in a situation in the NFL where the organization has the same patience with him that he, that he requires. And it has a, a quarterback that can be in front of him that he can learn from. You know, Patrick Mahomes, I remember sitting with him prior to the preseason. I did some preseason games for a couple of years. And he said, Todd, last year as a rookie, I couldn't even identify the mic more than 50, 60% of the time. Like, I needed this year with Andy Reid. I needed this year with Alex Smith actually helping me as the starter and with no ego about it. And so if he lands in a position like that, now granted, there's only so many Andy Reeds, There's only so many uh, Brian Dayballs who saw what he did with Josh, uh, Josh Allen and what he saw, saw what he did this past year with Daniel Jones. Career years, career, you know, basically building a quarterback up. But if he finds a spot like that, I think he has a chance to be a star. Todd, last one for me. It's Todd McShay, ESPN NFL draft analyst, joining us, Canty and Carlin, on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. Todd, um, as you look at the last few weeks with Pro Days starting to wrap up here, who has helped themselves the most, and I'll include the Combine in this, and who has maybe done some damage to where they would have been taken? Yeah, I mean, I... I think, obviously, Anthony Richardson has helped himself as much as any quarterback in, in the process. Um, you know, when you show up at 6'4", 244, run a 4'4", 3, jump out of the, out of the, the dome, and, and then you come to the pro day and just put on an absolute fireworks show, it, it's only going to help. Now, you know, you, you know what you're getting. Um, you know, Bryce Young didn't throw at the combine, threw well. He, you know, it's, you can't see what Bryce Young does best in a, in a pro day setting. But he showed the anticipation, the timing, the touch you expected to see from him. I thought C.J. Stroud was outstanding. But he's built for this. He lives in the pocket, and he's the best pure pocket passer in the class. So I think Stroud helped himself. You know, from all my accounts, talking to people in the league, like the interviews have gone so well for, for Stroud, have gone great for Bryce Young. Um, I haven't talked to anyone who's, who's interviewed recently with, with um, Anthony Richardson. I think Will Levis, like Will Levis is – the thing I, I'm concerned with with him is, is so he's so concerned about his, you know the weightlifting and the coaches even told me back in September when I had a game before with Florida that they've got to rip him out of the weight room and then you see the like that focus reminds me a little bit too much of Tim Tebow and Randy Quinn coming in the league uh, you know and you see it in the tightness of his upper body with the, the missing layups and the easy throws that he misses and then. You know, you hear some reports about maybe the inter. Now we lost Todd there. I think we lost his uh, connection on the very end. As we said, that was uh, we were wrapping it up there. But you caught the gist of what he's talking about, uh, being too concerned about being in the weight room. Can't see something that I have been accused of many times, uh, <laughs> spending entirely too much. You have to rip me out of there. Just too jacked. But speaking how, how do you that, juxtapose that with what you see with Anthony Richardson and how big he is and what we've seen from Jalen Hurts, who is also a workout warrior? Yeah. Jason, J- Jalen Hurts didn't meet any weights that he didn't want to squat. Uh, the guy squats 600 pounds. I, you know, I, I'm not going to say it's overblown, but I, I will say, like, I, I do want my quarterback 
to be one of those workout warriors. If for no other reason, it sets the tone for everybody else in your locker room. And everybody looks at the quarterback in order to establish a standard. If the quarterback is lifting weights, what's your excuse? You know what I'm saying? So that, that part of it matters to me because when you're drafting one of these players, what you're taking them for is not just the physical attributes, but also you want them to have leadership qualities, those intangibles, because they in effect become the CEO of your organization. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. If you're looking for a new career path with flexibility, great pay, and benefits, go to Progressive.com slash careers. Apply online today. Bundle today at Progressive.com. Hits the rolling MB to the dotted line. Guarded by McGee. Backs up. Backs home the 15-footer. Billy takes the lead. Gets by him into the lane. And it's blocked by We know how to play when Joel's not there or when James is not there, when they're both not there. I think this team has done a really good job of, of filling in guys, and we're so deep that anybody can play on any given night and, and cause an impact and help us win games. Is Luka really about winning, or is Luka about Luka? Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, we saw what Embiid did uh, last night. Absolutely tremendous uh, against the Mavericks. But, you know, Canty, some people are really good at hiding what their emotions are. And then some people are really bad at it. Mm. And Luka Doncic, I safely say, is bad at it. He looks absolutely (laughs) miserable right now. And then couple that with hearing what Kyrie Irving had to say last night, the Mavericks guard, about what this season has been like. I think that now, again, um, just where we are in the season and where other teams are positioned already, it, it kind of looks like a bit of a cluster now, to be honest with you, because we're you know, 37 and 40 and we're trying to fight and to get into the playing game. And it's not the expectations that I think any of us had in that locker room. And, and me getting mid, um, traded this season, I didn't expect uh, to ask for a trade at that point in the season. So I wanted to finish out with Brooklyn, finish out with the season that we had going. And um, again, I didn't get a chance to do that. So some of the goals I had uh, previously this season had to be shifted and I had to be more than willing, which I am, to be flexible and adaptable and, and live with the results, whether we make the playoffs or not. I was expecting to finish the season with Brooklyn until I requested a trade. <laughs> uh, Kyrie's already checking flights to get out of Dodge. I mean, that's clear. Is, and, is, is the uh, is the destination LAX? Oh, clearly. Okay. Clearly. Uh, I, other than that, I mean, I mean, maybe Phoenix, but I doubt it. No. But having said all that, Canty, on the Lucas side, I really wonder what if Luca's ever going to be happy winning. Or is Luca going to be happy winning because of Luca? I feel that's what it feels like. He wants to win, but he wants to be the reason that they're winning all the time. Am I wrong in saying that? No, I don't. I don't see it differently than you do. Uh, I mean, what I will say is this: Kyrie Irving was the lead dog in the first half of that game last night, and mm-hmm. there was a five-point lead at halftime for the Mavs. In the second half, the league dog was Luka Doncic, and he was the model for inefficiency. You're talking about a guy that had four shots, four makes, to three turnovers, and minus 14 in 18 
minutes played last night in the second half. Like I'm not a math guy, but that's not good. that. That's not great. Four yeah. four make four makes three turnovers in minus fourteen and eighteen minutes. Not not gonna get nothing done, boss. I, I thought the Mavs were much more efficient when the offense was run through Kyrie Irving, and it showed in the productivity. Like Kyrie had 15 points in the first half, he was balling. I mean, in the second half, even though he wasn't shooting a whole lot. He still was 50% from the field with four makes, and you're talking about him being able to have four assists. So I I just felt like in terms of shot creation, getting others involved, Kyrie Irving was doing his job, but you could tell there was frustration from Luka Doncic that he wasn't more of a factor. But here's the thing. It had more to do with how the Sixers were defending the Dallas Mavericks than Luka having an off night because every time Luka got the ball, especially when he was posting up on the wing, the elbow, wherever he was, you could see the hedge help from Joel Embiid. You could see all of the Sixers defenders knowing exactly where Luka Doncic was. And in those instances, instances, that's where Luka has got to concentrate on playmaking for others as opposed to him trying to fill up the box score with points. And I think he got too, uh, I guess, I guess too enamored with the latter and he forgot about getting his teammates involved, especially in the half court. And, and, and when you do that, the offense is going to be stagnant and that in turn affects the defense, which is what opened the door in the second half for the Sixers to have that rally. So to your point, yeah, I think sometimes Luka gets too wrapped up in Luka and not focused on doing whatever it takes to win the damn game. You see, that's problematic for me. And I'm sitting there watching the first half last night. And Jeff Van Gundy is effusive at times in his praise for Kyrie Irving in the way he was playing. Nobody will ever deny what he is on the court. Oh, he's special. He's He's special. Yeah, absolutely. If you can't play with a guy that's special... And Canty, let, let's be fair with Kyrie. He's reasonably adaptable to having to oh, play. Oh, yeah, yeah. He can play with anybody. Exactly. He can play with anybody. This is what is going to raise the – I can't believe it, but we are actually going to say that Kyrie Irving's presence as a great player on that team is actually going to raise more questions about what's important to Luka. That's a, that's a great point. The, the Think irony about that. that. The irony in that is not lost on me. Yeah. <laughs> And, and Canty, say whatever you will about Kyrie off the court, and we have said plenty. Other players will look at that and wonder, well, wait a second, do I want to go play with Luka? You know, if you're Jalen Brown and you're looking for a new place, is that something that you're going to maybe take into consideration? So now i got to ask you this question, and we got to open this up to the listeners. Mm. Is what we've seen from the Mavs in terms of trying to find a partner, a Robin to Lucas Batman, is what we've seen from them an organizational failure or is this a failure on Luka Doncic? That, that's the question I got to know. It's a great question. Tried, right? It's Has Luka failed the Mavs Porzingis. or have the Mavs failed Luka? Exactly. You heard what Jalen Brunson said a couple of weeks ago where, where they played the Mavs and he said the Mavs, messed it up. That's not the word that he used, but you know what it is. Use your imagination. They've, they've gone after you know Kyrie Irving. They've tried to take big swings when it comes to finding that right you know, that right 1B to Luka's 1A, and they still haven't found it. So who is this more on? Is it more on Luka? Is it more on the Dallas Mavs? And that's your question at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Is it Luca's fault? Is it the Mavericks' fault? We'll get to that and, oh, 
It's the game that he, he loves to say, and it's true. It's sweeping the nation. Let's go. Can't hear Canty. We're excited. That is on the way. Right after we tell you about this from our friends at Indeed, if April is showering your company with open positions, then check out Indeed. Their powerful hiring platform makes it simple to attract, interview, and hire candidates all in one place. Just sponsor a post, get matched instantly with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed meet your job description. Then invite them to apply and get connected. No more jumping from site to software to cell phone. You can easily schedule and conduct virtual interviews all on the Indeed dashboard. Get started at Indeed.com slash credit. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app. Canty, there is no better anywhere, no better sports mascot than the Philly Fanatic. Oh, no, he's the best. He's the best. And he wiles out, too. When he's at the ballpark, like, just the the stuff that he's doing, he's amazing. They were showing him, I'm watching the Phillies and Rangers, and they were showing him at a rally in Philadelphia where they're watching the game on the big screen, you know, out in the park. Yeah. And the dude is just the freaking best. It is one of the highlights of my life. When I got to ride with the Philly fanatic on the back of his truck to fire hot dogs into the crowd. That's pretty cool. That yeah. is pretty cool. I thought that's I was going to die. A, that's a lifetime achievement. That is a bucket list item checked off. I mean, that's that's a, that's leveling up, big fella. When yeah, you get to was, ride, uh, ride on the truck with the Philly fanatic, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I won't lie. I also did think I was going to die. Let's put it this way. It was not built for safety. When I was holding uh, on to yeah. the back of the Philly Fanatic to make sure that I stayed on this, this I, I guess you'd call it a, a flatbed to a degree, a small flatbed. Yeah. This thing's flying all over the outfield. The Mets are playing the Phillies, and I thought at one point I was going to knock over Brandon Nimmo. It was not good. It was not good. <laughs> That's but cool, though. That's cool it was that a lot of fun. experience. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. It is the game that sweeps the nation. According to Chris Canty, I can't disagree with him. Who are you to disagree with him? It is Kenny or Canty. The question is simple. Kenny, Kenny, or Canty? But only one man can answer. Hit the music. Let's go. Canty, can Odell Beckham Jr. 
be a number two receiver in the NFL off his ACL injury, Kenny or Canty? I'm going to say he can, big fella. Why? Because he's going to be in advantageous situations where he's got one-on-one coverage. And the last time we saw him in that spot, he was with the L.A. Rams, and they helped helped them win a championship. They rode him when Cooper Cup was being double and triple teamed. There were opportunities for Odell in one-on-one coverage, and he cooked opponents. He is phenomenal. I mean, he was on his way to being Super Bowl 56 MVP, and, you know, the ACL ended up happening, ended up going to, I believe it was Cooper Cup, so he didn't get it, but... We know the talent is there. I, I get the concern coming off of a second knee reconstruction, but once you've gone through the rehab once, going through it twice is not as much of a, a deal. Think about this. Frank Gore had multiple knee reconstructions in college, and Frank Gore is fifth all-time on the all-time rushing list. So I just – it can, it can happen. blowing no, I'm just. I, it can happen. Guys can yeah. work past multiple knee reconstructions and still be highly productive players in this league. And if Aaron Rodgers and Odell Beckham get together, there's no reason to think that Beckham can't be a number two. Frank Gore did it three and a half yards at a time. How about Josh <laughs> Allen? Can't he? Can he change his style of play to take less hits? Can he or can't he? Uh, he can't with the capital T. And this is not an indictment on Josh Allen. I don't think you can keep the player from making plays. Like, he's going to be instinctive. That's a part of what you love about him. I think in order to protect him, what the Buffalo Bills need to do is try to scheme up more more of the skill position core, whether it be the running backs, the jet sweeps with the wide receivers, just be creative in that way. And in your offensive line, being able to be more physical at the point of attack. Josh Allen can't be the physicality. He's your quarterback. You need somebody else to do it on uh, that's on the head coach, Sean McDermott. That's on the play caller, Ken Dorsey. That's not on Josh Allen. Can De'Aaron Fox lead the Kings to a round one win? Because we don't talk Sacramento Kings enough, can he or can't he? Hell no, he can't. Of course he can't. I mean, think about the teams that he could be playing. Right now, if the playoffs started today, it'd be the Golden State Warriors. Is that a win? Eh. Probably not. If, if the Kings have to play the Warriors... Stop yourself. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. If they play the Lakers, is that a win? Yeah. Probably not. Probably not. Exactly. I mean, listen, (laughs) I mean, if they get the Timberwolves, can they get a win? I don't know if the Timberwolves are completely healthy with Cat and Rudy Gobert and Ant-Man. I I would count that as an L2 for for, uh, Sacramento, especially the way the Timberwolves played in the playoffs last year. So I, I, I just don't like their opponents once they get in, and they're going to be locked into that three seed, and I think they're going to have a tough time with whoever is in that sixth spot. Can Aaron Judge hit 60 home runs again, can he or can't he? He can't. He can't. It's unreasonable to expect the new Yankee captain to hit hit 60 home runs. Yeah, that's great. That's great. It's opening day. I I love it. To follow up the record-setting performance that he had last year, with another 60-plus bomb season, I, I just don't see it happening. He can still have a very good season. I still anticipate him flirting with 50 home runs, somewhere about there, maybe 120 RBIs. I still see that in the cards for Aaron Judge. But 60 home runs, that's a tall task for anybody, so I'm going to say he can't. Well, can't he at this pace? He's going to hit 162. Can Shohei Otani save baseball? Can he or can't he? He can't, and for baseball to save itself – 
It's got to find a way to create more urgency within fans. That means more compelling storylines. That means more personality, more flair. And quite frankly, big fella, just more action in the games. The pitch clock is a step in the right direction. The eliminating the shift is a step in the right direction. Now we have to watch how it all plays out. And hopefully it ends up yielding the results that Major League Baseball is looking for. But let's be honest with this. These changes, they're coming about five years too late. I'll tell you, that was another rousing edition of Kenny or Canty. Do you walk away from it feeling satisfied? No, no. I felt like I needed more. I was just getting warmed up. But Yeah, that's unfulfilling. Just, it's unfulfilling. unfulfilling. I'm unfulfilled. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Don't look for that to change anytime soon. We are presented <laughs> by Progressive Insurance. It's opening day. Speaking of saving baseball, have they taken a major step in the right direction? Canty will actually tell you why they did today. Canty or Canty, just moments ago, he went the other way with it, but with Shohei Otani, but something can. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. Is it Luca, or is it the Mavericks? Who's failing who? Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app. Let's hit Jake in New York on the phone lines next at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Jake, what do you got? What's up, fellas? Chris and Chris, hope you guys are doing well. Chris Canty, New York Giant legend. Appreciate you, man. Um, My I just man. wanted to hop on real quick and talk about um, this whole Luka Kyrie Mavericks topic. So I think a lot of the chatter and a lot of the talk is centered around Luka and Kyrie. Um, but people... I think the topic is under-talked about the fact that when Kyrie was acquired, they lost Spencer Dinwiddie and they lost Dorian Finney-Smith, who were both significant role players and a significant part of that Mavericks rotation. And so while they added Kyrie, they don't have those other pieces around them and they don't necessarily have that bolstered roster that they may have if those you know pieces were there. And so maybe if you know Cuban had the runway going forward, if Kyrie stuck around, they could you know, build those pieces back around them too. But right now, I just don't think they have a bolstered enough roster to make that run that everybody, you know, may have thought that they were going to do. Completely agree. Yeah. Completely agree. I mean, they lost some scoring in Spencer Dinwiddie and they lost their best wing defender in Dorian Finney-Smith, not to mention a guy that can knock down some perimeter shots. So, yeah, I'm with you. Those were pieces that you lost and the hope would be that the the firepower that Luka and Kyrie brought to the table would help you outscore people. And then Jason Kidd as the head coach in a team that had built their identity in large part on a defensive end last year on their way to the Western Conference would be able to summon some of that. And they have been absolutely atrocious on the defensive side of the court, big fella. 
more atrocious than me sneezing on the air. Is that yes. more, more atrocious yes. than that? More tr- more atrocious than that. That that's pretty bad. It, that's it's, pretty it's, bad. It's uglier than that. Well, that's saying something. Canty yeah. Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app. I won't lie. I have looked up today and looked at some of these games here on opening day, Canty. And I'm looking at the Yankees. And they played in a nice, tidy two hours and 40 minutes today. Beautiful. And look, if you can keep these games manageable, you look up and an hour and a half in, you're in the seventh inning. That's pretty impressive. And that's what we've seen with a lot of these games. And again, I think the biggest thing for me, it's going to be difficult to bring in a younger audience. Okay? Baseball has so much work to do. And you could argue that they have waited entirely too long to do some of it, or at least to begin. Mm -hmm. But for me, as a baseball fan, the last few years, I've kind of tailed off because it becomes an unmanageable situation. Frankly, an unmanageable ask to watch at times. You're making it more workable for me because you're yeah it's more palatable yes because you're going to give me more action during the game that's the most important thing to me not how long the games are you're giving me more action with the pitch clock and also with the shift going yeah and and if you have any doubts about that all you have to do is look to the bottom of the fourth inning with your team the texas rangers taking on the philadelphia nine five in true rangers fashion i mean but listen it was five nothing yeah. Phillies going into the bottom of the fourth. Oh, and don't worry. Sudden, they'll, lose, they'll lose here 16-9. Well, that, that, that's Ranger all, work. Well, well, the point that we're making, though, you got a couple of base hits that led to a score, and then you had the three-run bomb by Robbie Grossman, and then you had a wild pitch here and there, and, and, and all of a sudden you're getting a lot more action in the game. Like I mean, you're talking about more action in the bottom of the fourth inning in this Rangers-Phillies game than you see in most Major League games last year. So I think that is what Major League Baseball is looking for, more scoring. Fans want to see offense. Listen, as much as we love great pitching, as much as we love great defensive plays, those web gems, fans want to see offense. They want to see action. And if you give that to them, which it seems like baseball is trying to do by eliminating the shift and up, uh, you know, having a pitch clock, which makes the pitchers work quicker, all of a sudden you're lending itself to having more action and hopefully that draws in more people. Here's what I'm curious about. And I'm not, I, I, we talked about it a little bit yesterday. I can't remember if we talked about it on the air or off. I really wonder if it's not just going to help in terms of viewership, but also the attendance, especially earlier in the year before school gets out, are more people more likely to go to games during the early part of the season during the week because the games are not going to get you home at midnight? You know, is somebody comfortable knowing, all right, game's over 930, I got a chance to get home by 1030, that's workable. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm certainly certainly that's going to factor into the math. But another challenge that baseball has, unlike the NBA or unlike uh, NFL, is how do you make baseball a national topic? Yeah. Like, how do you create national interest, national storyline? Shohei Otani, Aaron Judge, they play their part in that. But how do you make it national? So much of baseball is regional because people follow their teams. They're locked in on their team's games. 
the 162. How do you get people to pay attention to baseball when it comes to the national sports landscape? I think that's also a big challenge that Rob Manfred and the owners have to be able to tackle. They've got to come up with some kind of answer to that because that's going to help drive more people to the game. You know what I would do if I was a young player, Canty? I would start really showing off my personality. I might do some more bad flips. If I'm a good young player, I might do some more things that are going to help in that regard because that's how you're going to draw attention to it. I think that's one of those ways that if you're one of those types of players that you've got a chance to make an impact to really help the game and help yourself. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.